Welcome to Brands Made Meaningful, conversations with the team at Susner about how purposeful branding inspires unity, identity, and powerful change for growth-minded organizations. Welcome to Brands Made Meaningful, or maybe even welcome back. Yeah, episode 28. Episode 28, and what we're talking about is the fact change is hard. Absolutely. We're talking about change management. We're talking about what I would call the challenge within the challenge. If everything we do is all about creativity and building out new ideas and doing those things, you could do all that really well. But if this isn't done properly, if change management isn't done properly, all of that stuff doesn't matter. It could be incredibly frustrating for a brand, for the organization for the creative partner that you've pulled in to help do this work, to do an incredible amount of work and to do all the right things, and then to have, have the problem of rolling it out and not being successful in that effort. I think for at least with a company or an organization that we worked with in the past, for our direct contact, I think this was her biggest fear. Yeah, or role, right? Her biggest fear, her biggest role, a lot of the people that we work with are challenged with doing that change management internally. So what we want to do is be a resource for them to help them understand like what are the best ways we can manage that change and what ways can we ex- raise people's expectations in the right way and then frame up the problem in ways that they can agree upon instead of just using their subjective gut feeling every single time. The thing that I think is really interesting with all of this is we do a lot of rebranding. We do a lot of change management. It's a part of just our big process. And it's kind of baked into what we do, right? It's kind of a part of why why do we do five steps? Well, the first couple steps kind of help do that change management process in there. And I think that when as we go forward and as we move through years and years of doing this, it's we keep building into that process like, oh, here's another step we need to add. And that's a lot of that from my perspective in the last couple of years has been to add those steps for change management purposes. Absolutely. This, the, the smarter we get, we've, we've become over the years has been in reaction to the way that things went in the past. So we're consistent, we're constantly refining learning how to bring people in in the right way to listen to them you know and then ultimately to show them that they've been heard and, and we'll get into specifically that so if let's go all the way down to the bare bones here for those who don't know what change management are maybe talk a little bit about like what do we mean by change management and then two why does it matter that we do change management when we're rebranding or maybe presenting creative or anything like that i don't know necessarily what the psychology behind this is. And maybe we can uh, get a shout out to our colleague, April Seifert over at Sprocket. Because I think there's a specific human behavior around change. But the fact is, is that most people, when presented with something new, may be averse to that change, just in general. It's inherent in their DNA. When we're launching a new brand from scratch, whether that's a retail brand, a member brand, or a, or a corporate brand, when it's brand new, we don't get a lot of pushback. When I say we, I mean the team that we work with. Yeah. We don't usually get a lot of pushback from the team or the customers that it gets presented to because they don't have a previous brand to judge it against. 
But when we rebrand something, refresh something, now you've got a, a very subjective, visceral reaction to, well, I like that better than what we had, or I don't like that as well as what we had. Yeah, and there's this bias that takes over internally to say, I've lived with this for 20 years. I grew up with this brand. I'm not, I don't like the change or something like that. I think when people ask, like, well, what do you like the most? What kind of projects do you like the most? And I like rebrands the most out of all the projects we do. But for some people here, branding something brand new from the start, not not rebranding it, but just starting the like launching a brand is the most exciting. It's also a layup for us. It's to say we could do anything. We don't have to worry about people's past perceptions. We don't have to worry about making sure that the the legacy clients are happy as long as the new clients. So I think for for me, there's this level of challenge that is put into rebranding that a lot of people if done poorly fail and i think that that has another nuanced level of excitement people are emotional they have a point of view they they're attracted to certain color palettes they will i mean they like things or they don't you watch the super bowl and you laugh at commercials or you don't you say yep that was a good one or that one wasn't and that's just the way that people are and you know, through the process of rebranding somebody, there are so many steps that we've implemented that try to put objectives around this. And I, and frankly, I'm not talking about politics, politicking and trying to convince somebody or sway somebody to your own individual initiative or plan isn't what I'm necessarily talking about. But however, we have seen some really good politicking by our clients in the past. Really impressive politicking, actually. Um, Not to say that we, I mean, we don't really partake in that because we don't know as much as they do within their own organization, but it can play a big role when people are trying to make certain changes to get certain people on your side or have influencers on your side within your organization. That's something that we tend to leave to the to the client. <laughs> yeah. They know their internal team like we don't, and we're trying to keep this and our role and the service that we provide as true and authentic to what we do. But we do play a role in a, a very big role in change management and, and coming in as the outside group, coming in as the branding expert to help shepherd them along and take them through this with the goal of making the the launch of the rebrand as accepted as possible and as a, and as successful as possible. So if you're going to take the bare bones definition of change management in our context, it's helping navigate the new creative to be in place. It's helping navigate people's expectations, helping navigate what they think. It's really making sure that something launches successfully, even if a handful of people don't like it. How do we do that? And, you know, pro tip, there will always be a handful of people that will not like it. Yeah. If you are a designer or a writer or even someone thinking about doing a rebrand and you're bummed out because someone didn't like it, then that's just the nature of what we do. Uh, There's, you're never going to get a hundred percent. And we know that that's just impossible. Um, And I think that going into it, knowing that makes it a little bit easier for some people to accept that. So let's talk a little bit about why it matters. Why do we do it? Why does it matter? I think we a little bit got into it, but like what, what is the purpose of having really good change management? We've queued up a couple of examples here of worst case. The, wor- <laughs> the Why do we do it? Because the worst case scenario 
is that it's rejected, that all of the hard work and people's reactions are so subversive that you end up, I don't know, going right back to the old logo. Uh, yeah, I think worst case scenario, it devalues the brand. Um, if something happens, what what we do as an organization, we try to make uh, brands and organization, other organizations more valuable. The perception of them, raise it up, do all these other things. If we do our job poorly, it actually detracts from that. It makes it worse. It brings down the value of their brand. And so that's what what we're trying to avoid is if a, a failed brand launch or a failed rebrand would really hinder the ability for someone to think highly of your brand, we don't want you, one, to waste the money on an initiative and then have to go right back to the old one. Um, and you have an example of that. And then two, we also don't want you to roll it out and say, nope, we're going to keep it no matter what, but it's actually not right. Or everyone hates it so much that they just stop using your brand altogether. If we go back to the reason why an organization would rebrand in the first place, it's because there's an opportunity that they have to become bigger, better, smarter, to grow, or there's a problem that they're that they're facing, that's staring them in the face, that their brand can play a part in helping with. So if you, and, and there are probably organizations that will rebrand for purely cosmetic aesthetic reasons, just because they love the, the act of recreating the art and looking new and being fresh. But at the core of organizations that are going to invest a substantial amount of time and effort and money into a rebrand, it is for a purpose. It's not just a, because we felt like it. Yeah. So when organizations like The Gap comes to mind, the retail store where I bought jeans in back in the day. Yeah, for sure. The Gap rebranded, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And the pushback was so instantaneous and so vitriol filled that The Gap reverted to their old logo in like less than a week. They basically called, you know, waved the white flag and said, oops, and totally bailed on it. And I think there was a story that they put out there in the press that talked about how it was actually just a test and maybe it wasn't real. And, but, but ultimately it backfired and it backfired for a variety of reasons, not the font, not the look, not the creative, maybe not the strategy, but from a change management standpoint, they launched their new brand without telling anybody that it was coming. And even more importantly, why they did it. They didn't talk about what the meaning was behind what they launched. And without a reason, just having something that's fresher, more youthful, isn't necessarily the solution to a sales problem. To just be a, a random and to do something for the sake of being new was how it came across. Even though there might have been really strong meaning behind it, they never told that story. Hmm. And you have a quote here, uh, and maybe it's your quote, maybe it's something else quote, but the product, the positioning has to change first and then the logo should change second. And I think that's a really impactful thing. Every organization that we come and work with is has has an opportunity to do something differently and they're changing not only their look, but they're changing the way that they do business. They're changing the way that they interact with people. Maybe they're changing leadership. They're changing their internal um 
core principles that something is changing. And so the logo changes to represent that change. The logo is not the leading factor in all these and all of these um, components don't follow the logo change. And that's, and I think that's what you're getting at with this whole gap conversation. Yeah. The quote actually comes from Stephen Moore who wrote an article two or three years ago on a website called bettermarketing.pub. So total shout out to him. I can't take credit for that quote. And what he goes on to say is that no matter how cool, I think this is his words verbatim, no matter how cool or innovative a new brand concept seems, you need to do that market research first and then act accordingly. So in our process and in this project that we've just come off of launching, we spent an incredible amount of time listening and gathering insights. That doesn't mean that we're going to do something specifically because of one person's point of view or opinion within that group of people, but it's really important for them to have an opportunity to be heard and to be listened to. Yeah. I think that when you look at full data sets and you look at all these other things, market research or consumer research can feel like this really big um, cloudy space. And how does that all work? But if you look back at some of the projects where we've found the most success, it's by just doing a handful of one-on-one interviews, talking to a handful of perspectives, either prospective clients or prospective employees or actual current clients or current employees. And just having a conversation with them can give you that market research, quote unquote research, that is really going to help you understand like, or what do you wish the perception is moving forward? And I think that helps us when we do our process, not only manage that change by communicating things back to people like, Hey, here's what we heard. But it also helps us in general to say, well, we know what we're doing and what you told us client is true because we've heard it from other people now. And we don't just take your word for hundred percent value. There's the, there's the adage of, um, in giving a presentation or in writing a book that first you tell them what you're going to tell them. Then you tell them, then you tell them what you told them. And that's, that's, that's an oversimplified way of describing the process because there are, there are lots of components that go into these. But what we don't do is what we, what creative, what branding agencies don't do or shouldn't, shouldn't do, do yeah. is go away for weeks or months and then just come back and say, here it is. Yeah. Bask in the glory of what we've just shown you. Yeah. Um, Uh, Look at me. I'm standing up on a podium and what we did is great and you're welcome. And I don't know how many agencies still do that anymore. I don't think it's as popular as it used to be. But I do know that that's how some people like to walk the earth. That's just how some people do it. They're like, I'm I'm just going to build this and you're going to enjoy it after I'm done. I think our approach is we don't know everything. So... Let's let's agree upon the things we do know. Let's we'll show you the insights that we found. Let's agree upon those insights and pull the ones that we all think are right. And then let's go and establish a visual direction and let's all agree upon that visual direction and we'll explain how we got there. And then we'll go design something and we'll come back and we'll see what what fits and what doesn't fit within that story we're trying to tell. So this conversation is super topical for us because like I mentioned, we've just launched or helped an organization that we've rebranded with them. We've just launched that live to to their entire organization. Yeah. And so far, knock on wood, seemingly it's coming across 
really, really well. It's been, the change has been welcomed. Yeah, I agree. And so because this is so top of mind, let's, let's just walk through without getting into a how-to conversation, yeah. but to, to just shout out some of the highlights of the things that happened along the way that directly, positively played a role in helping the change management be as successful as it could be. Yeah. So you're saying how how did we get that? How did we get the change management? In what ways, what tactics do we put in place that actually start moving that wheel forward? You just said the first one. First one is absolutely making research a part of your process. If you're not doing research, you're missing out on a lot of things. Like one, you're not gathering the insights you need to actually do proper creative. But two, that's a really big change management opportunity to then communicate back. So for this organization that you're talking to, we actually did two types of research. We did qualitative, which was one-on-one interviews where we interviewed 30 people within the organization. And then what we did is distilled all those notes into our top 10 or 12 insights that we pulled from those conversations and then showed that to leadership to say, hey, here, here's what we heard. Here are the things that we think are important. Do you agree or do you disagree? And some of those, th- that leadership assumed those points, those highlights, or even knew them, and it validated what they already thought, and other ones were total surprises to them. Yeah, and I think for leadership to validate your your thinking is really valuable to them, to say, okay, not only did I know that, but now I have a finger on the pulse. I understand that my gut reaction is pretty close to what it is, and that gives them a little bit more confidence moving into different decision-making. The second type of research that we did with them specifically was a quantitative research study, which where it wasn't really a study. It was more just like a survey to their general organization to ask them a bunch of questions around like, how do you perceive this? What do you like about this? What do you not like about this? How do you use this? It wasn't all about just the brand. It wasn't just about the visuals. It was really about, well, what, what ways do you want us to be perceived? In what ways do you currently use us to help yourself have conversations with people outside the organization? It's just, it's a large set. Um, the client also used this opportunity to ask questions that help them in other forms. So they were asking questions around facilities and asking questions around usage of specific materials. And so they get an understanding of this survey could actually be used in more than one way, and that could really help them in the future. But what happened was we pulled those um results and then communicating those results back to the people who did it. So it's to say, here's what we heard, here's the general understanding, and then sending it right back and say, here's what everyone said. Not specific answers, obviously, but just like the overall, what did we hear from these specific questions? That really helps them get an understanding of we're really trying to get everyone's opinion. We're trying to get people's perspective on what the problem is, what the challenges are, and how can we best face that? And I think that gives people the confidence to say these guys are really trying here to understand us before they start reimagining what we look like and what we sound like. So instead of just jumping into the creative component, even with those insights, because some there were some really inspiring conversations and, and, and specific references and components that came out of those conversations and the surveys that actually did ultimately affect the creative work that we did. But more importantly, what it helped us do was to set objectives and criteria expectations for the entire initiative. Yep. And when we set objectives, we set objectives at the very beginning 
then we go research against those objectives and then we reset the objectives after the research. So there's, there's this level of here's what we're trying to go solve. Let's figure out if that's the right thing to solve. And then re-looking at those objectives and saying, is there anything we need to add change? We say, keep, kill, combined. How do we, how do we understand these most important objectives within this project? And then we get into the creative. So there's a lot that goes into the pre the ramp up or our discovery and research phase that really helps us be super objective with our objectives, right? It's not like a subjective thing. We're not coming in and going, I don't like the way that looks. I want to change it. It's to say, we know that there's a visual problem here. Let's confirm that problem. And then when we go back, it's, oh, that's the problem, but here's why it's a problem. And if we can get that why, then that helps us better understand the ways that it needs to be communicated back to help that change management as we roll it out, right? So I think that there's levels of this that then go into what happens with the creative. So going back to you, Derek, when we'd say, okay, we have the objectives, we've done the research, we reanalyze the objectives. What about from a creative standpoint, how do we do some managing of change when it comes to rolling out creative to people? Well, first of all, we do it in stages. We, I, I mentioned this before, we don't, to be successful, we don't surprise somebody. I think there was a, a time in maybe even my career, early in my career, where unveiling something that somebody had never seen before was super exciting. But without a, a, a establishing the objectives along the way, the response is only going to be subjective. I like it or I don't. Um, and it's really hard to overcome, even if what we presented was maybe strategically on and met the objectives of the project, it was really hard to overcome that initial kind of subjective feedback and reaction. So we show them, like you said, we present them with the insights. We present them with visual research. We present them with competitive and comparative organizations and what's going on within this landscape. So we can start to, along with a few other steps, start to set expectations for where this could go, what it could be, what this could look like, and how that will ultimately start to create a narrative around what this brand is all about. I'm getting into the weeds here, but one of the things yeah. that, you know, what when when we set out to do a project and the the ultimate objective is to reimagine the identity so that the business can grow the value of the organization. That's pretty baseline. Otherwise, yeah, why are we doing it? Why yeah. are we doing it? But for us to do that effectively, we need to convey who you are as an organization. And we don't know you. We we don't live in your walls. Um, and so we have to take the time to learn that. And in learning that and doing everything that you just said, it becomes so much more interesting to then when you present creative concepts and a story to say in with our creative tools and abilities this is what we've heard this is what can represent who you are yeah i think when someone the best way for me to explain from a creative side how we do some change management is our first round of creative is not four concept slides it's not like okay here we go here's concept 1 here's concept 2 here's concept 3 what we do is we go through all of the 
okay, here are our objectives. Here are all our insights we're using. Here's our visual direction. Here's all these other things. Well, there's a good hefty amount of that presentation that doesn't even go over the concepts yet because we're so tuned into this is remember, this is what we heard. Remember, this is how we got here. And then we get into the concepts and we do that with everyone that we talk to. So when we get to a final logo or a final creative or final identity system altogether, instead of just saying, hey, um, organization, here it is, here's everything, the leadership signed off on it, here's just like, you're welcome, see you later. Hmm. We do the whole setup, right? We don't, we don't just say, here it is, here's your logo, here are your colors, here's your typography. We go, here's what we heard from everyone. Here's our visual direction. Here's why we're doing that. Here is the story that we are going to tell. And this is why we're going to tell that story. Here's the visuals that we think tell that story best. And here's how we got there and why we think it tells the story the best. So there's a lot of explanation that goes into it. We don't do that explanation because we just love hearing ourselves talk. We do that because it really helps people understand the way we get there. We And I think we'll get into a little bit more examples as we go. But one of the organizations that we have worked with recently was a golf club down in Florida called Lemon Bay Golf Club. Great people, amazing project, um, really fun to do it. And when we're rolling this out, for them, it was to have um, a group, a brand committee that helped us work through all the brand stuff. Then once we did there, we went to the board. And then once we went there, we went to their employee, their staff, their core staff base. We kind of rolled it out in stages to say, is, is there anything we're going to hear? If we hear anything, we need to understand if those are good, bad, indifferent um, how this goes, but the director of golf, Ben down there, I remember this super vividly when we had rolled out the current brand to him, we explained everything. He had actually seen it the night before and he had said, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I didn't, I didn't like anything about it. But then after I sat in this hour long meeting with you guys and you explained how you got there and why it matters and how it, how it does the things that we need it to do. He said, now I'm all in. Now I get it. Um, he might not like it from his subjective, you know, stylistic preferences, but he understands why we're doing it and why this is the right solution. And to me, that was validation. That was a hundred percent validation to say, okay, well then our process a hundred percent works. And it's not the first time we've done that. I think we worked with a brand called game one. We rolled them out, um, oh, a little over a year ago now. And that process was a really long process, right? We did the core committee for their brand and then we rolled it out to their high leadership team. And then we rolled it out to groups of employees, like 10 employees at a time. Say, hey, here it is. Here's the story. Here's how we're doing that. It's almost to understand, like, are we seeing any soft spots? Are we seeing any problems? Are there any weaknesses that we can start shaping that up before we roll it out to the, you know, 700 person company? Let's let's at least ask 100 people in small batches to see if we find anything. And for us, that really helps do two things. One, we do that soft spot analysis, right? Are there any blind spots? Are we not seeing something? Two, those people become evangelists of this brand. Those people become influencers. They become the people in the break room that start talking about it. Like, hey, did you see that? And someone goes, well, I didn't really like it. And they'd be like, well, did you see this though? Or did you talk about that? And I think for us, it's finding those type of people and really understanding what makes them tick and giving them the ammunition to fight for your brand internally. When people feel included in the process and they feel like they have a voice and that they've had the opportunity to 
share their point of view and what what it is that they think will ultimately help this organization be successful, they're way more apt to come alongside the ultimate solution and get on board because they'll see, we'll tell them, we'll show them specifically in the words and in the creative how something that that specific person said and that sentiment turned into helping them share what they look like. Yeah. So to tell that, to listen to them and actually to, to repeat back from time to time in all of those iterations, quotes, comments, and points that they made, then we can show them how those points were validated and actually manifested themselves in the ultimate creative. And we've done this a ton of times. I've never heard someone come back to that, to that uh, echoing of something and go, well, I still don't like it. That, that's never happened because they understand that, well, this isn't about if you specifically like it or not. It's if it's right. And what we've also learned over the years is we don't ask somebody, do you like it? <laughs> if we're going to make this as objective as possible, even though it is a subjective process, yep. instead of asking, do you like it? We would rather ask, does this meet the objectives and the criteria that we agreed upon? Yeah. So for some people, it's to say, is it better than what we currently have? And one of our clients would say, would you endorse it? Would you say that this is a good solution, whereas you can't come up with anything better? Like, this is the right thing for us. And then she would ask, do you wear it? Would you wear it? Would you put this on your shirt? Would you, would you be willing to wear it out in public? And if someone asked you about it, you wouldn't necessarily hide it and cover it up and say, no, 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 that's nothing. That's nothing. You'd say, oh, I work for this company or I belong to this organization. And that helps you tell that story in a better way. And most of the people we say would come back and go, okay, yep, I get where you're coming from. The whole challenge with change management is to get people to think outside their own perspective, to just start thinking a little bit bigger about the problem. And is, if, is this a solution to that problem or not? And if it's not, then why? And I think that we've done a really great job, not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but to say we've done a great job when someone does say, I don't think this actually solves that objective, then I'm all ears. It's like, tell us what we can do. And that's where we find these weak points. Let's find those soft spots. Let's change what needs to be changed to actually solve the problem doesn't happen very often that they say that but i think that that helps them feel like we're not you know this creative consultant coming in and telling them what needs to happen they are they are a partner with us on this and we're just bringing our expertise to the table exactly so we've done a little bit of research what's a realistic at least from the companies and organizations we've worked with if we survey a group of people after rolling something out, what do we consider a successful, when I said earlier that you're never going to get everybody yeah. on board, that that's really, really yeah. hard. It's not impossible, but it's really hard. Yeah. What's, what's a, what's a win? Well, a win is over 50%. I would say 65% is a good rating of approval especially for large organizations. Generally, the bigger your organization is, the the percentage is probably going to be a little bit lower. It's just a matter of, I mean, how passionate your, your organization is. But I would say 65% is that percentage that we shoot for when we do validation surveys to say, is this, is this right? Do you, how do you feel about this? Does it solve the problems? Um, is it better than what we have? All these things. 65% would be that for me, that benchmark to say, yep, we did a good job. I like to shoot for 70, but regardless of the, the number, 
it puts into context when you go into this. It, it sets realix, realistic expectations for the organization that's going into this rebrand. To have a number like 65 or 70% takes a little bit of the stress off of somebody who's going into it thinking that they're going to need 100% and then be disappointed or feel like the project's not successful yep. because it doesn't crush that. McDavid, when we helped them through their rebrand, their customer base responded with a 70% approval rating and actually said that it did, uh, 70% of them said it did a really good job of representing the desired perception that McDavid wanted and their retail partners, 100% of them. Yeah. And you'll see that. I think you'll see that a lot when we have, um, we generally get a higher approval rating from uh, employees, I would say, because they've just, they're so passionate about it and they love the change. They love doing those things. I think long-term clients can sometimes be a little tricky because they're used to the same thing. It changes super hard for a lot of people. And so if you're used to something for two decades or three decades, I think it becomes more and more difficult. If you think of that about that golf club that we're talking about down in Florida, I mean, some of these members have been with that organization for 30 years, right? 20, 30 years. It, it's hard for them to see something change. And for game one, yeah. they we took help them take eight different brands and combine them into one. So we had eight different groups of people that had been affiliated, worked for, maybe even owned or been presidents of uh, organization that had carried a brand for 30 years and had totally associated. One one of the people we talked to said, he's like, I have to replace my entire wardrobe because yeah. everything that I wear yeah. are hoodies and zippies and t-shirts that have this logo on it. This is... Yeah. This is a big change. Well, in that in that project, we should do a whole case study conversation around it. But that project had actually been a part of a failed change management experience beforehand. They had tried to change their brand, their name, and all these other things. They didn't do the proper research. They didn't do those things. And it failed. It failed miserably for them to then go back. They said, nope, we can't do that. Never mind. Um, then everyone in your organization became a little gun shy, a little like, oh, well, I don't know. Is this one going to be good? Because the last one we tried didn't work at all. And I think that that points to you you only have a certain amount of opportunities to do this stuff right. And so if you waste opportunity by just assuming everyone's perspective and assuming that everyone's going to like it and just rolling it out and say, hey, don't care what you think, but this is great. So enjoy it. That's a really, really dangerous way to spend your money, especially um, using creative time like that. All three of these brands that we've mentioned, Lemon Bay, Game One, and McDavid, all did a really great job of explaining along the way to partners, members, the board, to, to key voices and to key participants. All of them did a really great job of keeping those groups included and continuing to explain why over and over. This is what this means. This is what this represents. This is why we're doing it. And to punctuate it, what all three of those organizations did that I believed was sort of the, the, the punctuation of the entire initiative is they celebrated together. Yeah. And that's a huge part of it to say, you know what, this is a big opportunity for our organization. This is a big deal. Let's have a release party. Let's have a launch party. Let's do something. And we just came back from one that was really exciting. And the energy was high, right? The 
people were really enjoying the, hey, here's what's new. Here's some new swag with that. Here's what this all means. We hope that you guys appreciate it because we're really excited about the future. I think it gets people energized about it. Releasing something in a quiet fashion is great sometimes. I totally understand that. But if you have the opportunity to really celebrate a change, that gets a lot of people behind you and really excited about it too. Launching a brand is as one step in the whole process. The the whole next step is now activating it, amplifying it and rolling out. Yeah. But when you launch it successfully, there's an incredible wave of momentum that makes that whole next phase not only easier but enjoyable as hell. Yeah, absolutely. I think that yeah, change management is such an impactful thing for not only us, but our clients. And I think as as we move forward with clients, when they understand their role here isn't just to be the point of contact, but it's to really implement that change management across the organization. I think that's when you find a lot of really great success. Is they you know their role, right? They they're not coming in and just saying, Oh, well, my job is to give you a point of contact and a way to give you subjective results. It's like, nope, my job here is to make sure that this gets goes smoothly. And that can be done in a million ways. So if you're taking on a large initiative, good luck. Um, Hopefully we've shared a couple of things that you can think about along that process that will make your change successful. And if you ever talk to anybody in your organization who says, oh, how did you draw that stick? Or I I wish you luck. I mean, that's going to be really hard. Don't listen to them. It's it's not that hard. Just listen to people. Understand that the, every perspective matters because someone's going to tell you something that's really valuable that you did not expect. So I just keep your eyes and ears open and you'll be good. Until next time. Yep. Talk to you later. Susner is a branding firm specializing in helping companies make a meaningful mark guiding marketing leaders who are working to make their brand communicate better, stand out, and engage audiences to grow their business. For more on Susner, visit susner.com.